This is Jennifer Pepito with the Restoration Home Podcast. This is the show where we talk about the peaceful path to connected families and restored communities. And in this season, we're talking about the Benedictine rule of simplicity. It's one of the ways that their communities were able to accomplish so much is that they had a really clear idea of what their values were, and they created a rule to support those values. And today on the show, I'm talking to Evgenia Arasim. Evgenia has an Instagram at fit.mama.method, and also she's on the internet at fitmamamethod. And I've had the joy of working with her over the last month or so on simplifying my own life and my own health journey. And I'm excited to talk to Evgenia today about her own journey towards simplicity. Thanks for joining me, Evgenia. Hi, Jennifer, and hi, everyone. And thank you for having me. I'm very excited. I am excited, too. You know, so many families want to live a more simple life. You know, they recognize that they are feeling crazy, they're feeling overwhelmed, they don't have time to sit down to eat, they're rushing in and out of the house all the time. And I, you know, one of the books that I've been reading as I prepared for this chapter was about Sabina Wormbrand, who lived in Romania under communist rulers. And while she was there, she had everything taken from her because she was a Christian, her husband was put in jail. And and she had this kind of terrible forced simplicity where they in some ways barely had enough to eat, barely had anything. And she actually went to prison herself. You grew up in Russia. Could you see what this kind of forced simplicity looks like? Yes, uh, this is a great question. And absolutely. I was born in 1985. So it was still Soviet Union. And then in six years, it became Russia. And um, even though it was the end of communism, uh, we still lived very simple lifestyle, but I can say that it was really hard lifestyle. So simplicity, um, when we talk about simplicity, it was like we didn't have many choices. We didn't have to think about where to go to vacation because we could not go anywhere, right? But at the same time, this life was so hard because we didn't have choices. And sometimes we did have zero choices. I'll tell you one example. For example, I was growing up without toilet paper. And this is crazy. When I think, I I never thought about this, but when we discussed that we're going to talk about simplicity and I looked back in my childhood, I was like, how could we do this, right? So we had newspapers with all the (laughs) crazy toxic stuff on it. And we were using newspapers to use the washroom, right? And sometimes if you go to a public place, there, there would be nothing, right? And that right now I cannot imagine <laughs> having this, right? Right now you go to the washroom in North America and you're like, oh, they didn't put the toilet paper here. <laughs> and you're so up, up, upset about this, but there was no choice, right? Or for example, you could go to a store and buy... Um, Socks, but you would have to stay in a lineup for hours sometimes to get socks. And then when it's your turn, you would not have the right size. And the thing is that you will buy it anyway, just in case, 
you know, if you can make holes and put it without, you know, the toes or heels, or you can give it or sell it to someone. So it, in a way, it was easy because you didn't have to overthink about things, but it was also hard because if you wanted to leave some, somehow at least a little bit um, good quality of life and good, I'm like, it, it, it wasn't good, but uh, in comparison with other people in the Soviet Union, you had to make sure that you prepared. You had to make sure that you have um, tons of towels at home for if you have daughter for example when your kid was born you were uh, saving towels and uh, bedding sheets and all the covers for pillows for the future so when she's getting married she can bring all of this with you so i remember having like uh, at least 10 uh, things for bed like 10 sheets right right now i have two but it was a journey for me to decrease this kind of uh uh, this this those things and to not have all the storage full of stuff which I would never use right and you could go to the store and that was the day when they would put um, cabbage in the store but that would be only cabbage imagine you getting into like uh, you know some safe way or something and everything is cabbage and you have to buy cabbage because what you're gonna eat and if you uh, were smarter or if you were if you did have an opportunity you would have like a countryside cottage where you will be working hard to raise your own food so everyone was working on some kind of factories or some kind of government run stuff there was no business or <laughs> your own kind of entrepreneur uh, entrepreneur stuff right and you would go work I don't know, six to five or eight to five different jobs were having different kind of schedules. But then after when you like, like right now, people like to rest on the weekend, right? But you would go to this country side cottage and you will grow your own food. And for example, if you have lots of foods there, you have to um, put water, right? You have to water them. But the water would be at certain hours only. So you have to rush there in order to be able to collect the water at this certain hour per day. And then in order to get there, you would have to take a train. And it's, for example, our uh, cottage was, and when I say cottage, it's nothing like cottage in right now's world, right? A world. Uh, you would have to run, take the, take a train. People will be, when the doors are opening, people would be running to sit in the train. They would hit you. They would push you. And usually we were waking up on Saturday when it's season at 4 a.m. Walk about 40 minutes. And I was like five and four and three and even earlier and no one would give me a stroller right so you would walk and then you would jump on this train and the train would go so slow it's 30 kilometers we were living 30 kilometers away it, it was taking us two hours to get there because the train train rail was just one line and the train would stand and wait for another train right and then you would work hard you would grow your own potatoes and if you didn't have a horse and obviously we didn't have a horse because uh, it's very expensive um, you would grab the shovel and 
uh, dig the hole, put potato in, bring the um, ground back to it, right, to cover it. And then you would do like acres of this. And our family was my mom. My mom was single mom at this time, at that time, right? And my dad was not um, um, in my life for some time. So it was me, my mom, her brother, and uh, my grandma and my grandfather. So four of us or five of us were working there hard. And even me, I had my responsibilities. And, you know, by the time when I grew up and I had a saying, if I want to go there or no, I said, no, I'm not going there anymore. I don't want to deal with any of this. I just want to buy my food and I will be working and buying my food and I don't care about this stuff, right? So it's in a way it was very simple, but it is not simplicity like right now we understand simplicity, right? Simplicity should be making your life easier, but that simplicity was making your life really hard. Well, it's interesting because there's a lot of people who kind of romanticize the idea of communism, like they, or, or even maybe socialism, like they think, oh, the government should make everything equal and it shouldn't, it's not fair for some people to have more than others. And so they should just make everything equal. And that was the ideal in the USSR. Yes. But was it equal? I don't think so. No, uh, because in a way it was equal when you think about everyone doing the same thing. So everyone, basically, when people were born uh, from like very young age, everything was for community, right? The family value, like the value in family was, in my opinion, was killed. Um, I can see when I was looking back at my family and my parents and why they divorced, and my grandparents from both sides, I can see right now that people did not understand. And it's not everyone. I'm pretty sure there were families who um, lived and gave this value of family, this idea to their kids, but not my family. And everything was for community, for friends, for a party, right? For government, for leader, but nothing for family. You had to sacrifice the family for community. When in a real ideal life, at least for me, you have to put your family first and then community. And it's great to have community. Yeah, thank you for sharing that part of your story because I, I like I said, I think some people romanticize the idea of equality and maybe even sometimes simplicity because we want our lives to be more simple, but we maybe need to reflect on what our experiences were as a child. For instance, my parents didn't have a lot either. And they also read these books about how bad sugar was, which should be amazing. I should be so thankful for that. But as a young child, they you know, would bake these whole grain loaves of bread. And my lunch for at school was two very thick slabs of whole grain bread that wasn't baked that day and then some peanut butter in the bread but no jam and no milk money and so I I was like oh I didn't enjoy those sandwiches I wanted the yucky unhealthy wonder bread with ham and cheese that my friends had and so as an adult I had to really overcome that like my tendency was to buy treats too often for my kids and have too much junk food around for my kids so how did you overcome like how did you make that journey from all that forced simplicity where probably 
your tendency might have been to overdo it a little bit in a response to that. Mm -hmm. So first of all, what I wanted to mention is this, because we didn't have a lot of food. Um, I grew up with the thought, especially when I was able to buy my own food, that um, I need to have my fridge like full of food, right? And even right now, still sometimes when I open the fridge and even though I know that there is a full of meat freezer, right? Deep freezer. But when I open my fridge and it's not full and it's half full, I can feel that I start becoming anxious. And I tell my husband, okay, so we have to go to <laughs> to some store to buy food. He's like, there is food. And I'm like, yeah, but it's not enough. So it's always, you know, this thought that you have to have more just in case, just in case, right? And that's what we saw within last couple of years when people were freaking out because there was they were thinking that that will be not enough, right? And I, I totally get it because there is always a possibility of things happen, right? But eventually I had to, <laughs> I had to talk myself, to talk myself out of this because um, even if something happens and I do have food, the food will be done in some time, right? And we will have to figure out stuff. So um, there is no way that uh, just being anxious will be helping me, right? And uh, simpler is better, in my opinion, especially when it's not forced on you, when you choose this kind of lifestyle, because simple has to make it better for you, because it's creating room for you to think clear, to have time to breathe, and to be present in the present moment instead of overthinking what's next, what's next, what's next, and what would happen if something. Because in a way, we can control our personal life, but we cannot control even people around us, even our family, because they are unique human beings and they have their own ideas and we have to respect this, right? So we have to find a balance somehow in between this. And yeah. I wanted to mention one example. So uh, when I was about uh, 20 years old, I uh, went to US for the first time. I went to California, to San Francisco, because I was doing this work and travel program for students because I was um, studying journalism in Russia. And um, because I was able to work there and I, I made some money, way bigger money than I ever made in Russia, I started to buy stuff, like buy. I would bring 20 pair of jeans for myself, 10 shoes and five would be Adidas original with different colors or butterflies on it. 30 belts, like t-shirts, millions, um, some toys for kids, even though I didn't have kids, even though I, oh, I even bought some uh, kind of jumpsuit for the future kids, I was 20 and I I had my first child when I was 33, right? So, of course, I had to donate this later in Russia, but that was just the mentality, which I think I, I got this with the milk from my mom. Genetically, I was already in this mindset that you have to have more, more, more just in case. And imagine my place. I had like tons of things which I never used or wore 
or didn't need even at that moment, right? Like uh, different note, note, notebooks for writing. Why would I need this? Russia had this at that moment, right? It was 2006. Like, obviously, I could buy it, but because we were also thinking in Soviet Union, oh, the Western world is so good, it's so cool, it's like freedom, and they have everything. And in a way, it was true, but, you know, in 2006, we had everything the same. We had H&M and all this, you know, clothes, but for some reason, I thought, okay, in US, it's all better. But in reality, not always. It is like this, right? And you can always find the way how to uh, find stuff at home. So one of the things that you're working on with me is slowing down to eat and slowing down to breathe and just being more intentional about my daily rhythms. And it's, it's amazing because I think I finally in my life right now, because I don't have small children, have time to actually sit down for a meal. But as I think back on my years of raising young children, we worked really hard to have an intentional life. We had written a family vision early on. And so we lived in the country. We only did like one outing a week to Costco and then maybe one other day where we were going to piano lessons. Mm -hmm. But we really made a schedule that allowed us to have family dinners pretty much every night, or it allowed us to have just more margin to sit and read out loud to my children or things like that. But a lot of moms feel like they have to do everything for their kids. Like their kids have to be in all the classes and they have to be, you know, um, in at church every night and just so busy that they really can't sit down to eat. They can't take time to breathe in the morning. How do, how, what is the importance? Why do we need to sit down to eat or why is it important to take time to breathe? Well, because you, if you, if, if a mama, right, because it's uh, for moms mostly, if a mama wants to be a present parent and be in the moment with her child, but also um, feel fulfilled, right, to have this energy, to be ready to experience any tantrum or any positive emotion of the child, she has to take care of herself, right? And, um, nourishing the body through food, through movement, through breath, through having time for herself. And when I say having time for herself, I don't mean necessarily having manicure or pedicure because I do not think that this is a self-care which will help you to um, feel full and to give to others in your family. But if you for example, have this five minutes, right? It doesn't have to be hours, but if you have this five minutes when your kids are still sleeping and you're able to sit down and breathe intentionally for two minutes and then journal for another one minute, it, it can be simple, right? Sim simple routine will give you energy, will give you mental capability to be who you want to be and to achieve more. Uh, doing less will lead you to achieving more. Maybe it will take some time, but if you're able to simplify things and, you know, sit there with this meal, even when the kids are jumping around you and screaming and running, but you 
focus on this food for one minute only, right? I'm not asking you to completely abandon your kids for the hour and be like, oh, that's my time right now. Because motherhood is not like this. And I hope that people and women uh, understand this, that of course we had kids and it was our choice to have the kids. It wasn't the choice of the kids, right? And in a way, we wanted them and we made this choice for us. So, of course, we have to give to our kids and husband and family, right? But in order to do this, you have to make sure that you're there. And by simplifying your routines and simplifying your meals and thinking not about cooking hours, but making 20 minutes uh and making a great meal for you, right? Because it doesn't have to take an hour to prepare nourishing food. Nourishing food is actually uh, easy to prepare because then you uh, don't process this food for a long time, right? And you eat real food. So this will all give you energy and will give you um, this life kind of energy when you will be able to show up and showing up for your kids and understanding that you're doing this for them but also for you will be motivating you because everyone is uh, saying oh I don't have motivation to do this I'm so tired I'm so burned out and you will not feel motivated every single day but if you're showing up consistently every day for one minute for yourself you can give more to others and then if you feel that you're giving more, you will feel more satisfied within you, right? And that will be motivating because external motivation comes and goes. But if you know your reasons and if you know your goals or your um, the things which you want to achieve, it will be motivating you from within. You don't need, you know, to buy a, a new workout clothes in order to work out because sometimes I do work out in my pajama because that's my reality I have a, a three-year-old and you know it doesn't matter what do I wear and I have tons of uh, workout clothes because uh, before uh, pandemic and before I got my son I was working in the gym so I have tons of it and I already started donating this because why would I need this and they're just laying down and I don't use it right so you don't really need to have a lot in order to fulfill your cup and to be able to give back. Yeah. And I think that what this requires is slowing down to breathe so you can think through what is important. Instead, you know, as as moms, in my opinion, connection is the most important thing. Being connected to our children, to ourselves, to God, our husband. And if our lifestyle does not allow us to look our children in the eyes and smile at them and share a meal as a family, then probably there are areas we need to simplify for the future good of our children. And, and I think, you know, it can be really hard to wade through all of the choices we have in life, all of the choices for, for school subjects or where to go to school or extracurricular activities. But this is where like using the Peaceful Press Family Vision Planner is so helpful because if you can write down, you know, what are the top priorities? Like, is it music for your family? Is it sports for your family? You don't have to do everything. So choose what's important and then make that space to breathe and, and share a meal with the family and eat healthy food and just be more thoughtful about the way we live. 
Evgenia, I have just loved this conversation. It's so amazing what you went through as a child and then the way that you're helping moms now to simplify their lives and be so intentional in your own business. How can how can moms who would like to get healthier find you? They can go to Instagram, right? And uh, it's uh, fit.mama.method. Uh, my name there <laughs> and they can uh, visit my uh, website which is under construction but it's still working it's fitmamamethod.com and um, i'm there i'm i don't have any team i'm answering to everyone myself right and i am um, really happy to give any advice or motivation because my contact content is built on the uh, requests which I'm getting every day, right? How do I get motivation or how do I simplify and find? how do I find time? How do I find time is the, the main thing because we think that we don't have time, but in reality, we always, always find time for what is important for us. And if our kids are important for us, we always find time for them. Yeah. And I think it's just amazing. You know, so many, I can remember when I was raising my first five children. I had friends at that time who, you know, cause I have seven kids, but they were almost like in two sets. So there, I had friends who were already dealing with adrenal fatigue in that season, you know, dealing with um, health issues that partly came from pushing themselves too hard and not resting and taking care of trauma and um, processing things along the way. And so I think this is why it's important to get a hold of, you know, slow ourselves down enough to process why am I pushing myself so hard? Why is it so hard for me to take care of myself? And as we, you know, slow down and think about these things, we can create a, a happier life with our children and for ourselves. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom today. I'll post the links in the show notes and I'll look forward to families getting on this health journey with you as well. Thank you. Thank you for having me. we can bring more simplicity into our lives is by simplifying our homeschooling. When you use resources from the Peaceful Press, we include uh, daily read aloud suggestions and history and science reading and art to look at and poetry to listen to and even some language art suggestions so that all you need to add is grade specific math or language arts such as phonics, grammar, and spelling. This really takes a lot of pressure off us as mothers because instead of trying to manage multiple levels of science and multiple levels of history and multiple reading suggestions, we're doing our homeschooling family style. And this gives us more time for discussions and connection and to breathe and prepare healthy food for our families. So if you want to simplify your homeschooling, go to thepeacefulpress.shop. You can download free samples and get a coupon for 10% off.